This talk by John Sutherland called Sleeping and Dreaming Difficulties is the fourth talk of the Practices of the Night Retreat given at Mountain Cloud Zen Center in Santa Fe, New Mexico in May 2011. There was a, a Chinese teacher named Daiyu in the, in the Koan tradition and he was giving a, a talk once and, um, and he said... I'm speaking a dream. Not I'm speaking in a dream or I'm speaking about a dream. He said, I'm speaking a dream. My very words are a dream. And I wanted to include that in our senses of of what the dream is and and what the dreamlike quality of things is. When, When we say, I love you, there's a dream about what I is and there's a dream about what love is and there's a dream about what you is you know in that um, I hate you is a different dream so even in what we say it's a dream even in what others say it's a dream and when we say um, I don't know I'm not sure, I'm not certain. In some way we ease into the dream and let the dream speak through us because that's what the dream is saying all the time. I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, When we assert or defend, in some ways we're pushing against the dream we're in a fight with the dream and that's a different kind of thing that's a different that's speaking a different kind of dream a dream in um, in assertion against or in defense against but to say all that to say that I don't know I'm not certain is the voice of the dream isn't to say that it's all about you know whatever nothing matters that that it's all we just sort of lope our way through the dream because um, the next the next thing that Dayu says after I'm speaking a dream but what can you see in this dream so it's all a dream but what can you see in this dream you can't just because it's a dream you can't walk away or pretend it doesn't matter Can you say something about what you understand? Can you speak a dream about what you understand? And then Furong, who was one of his students, after a long pause, he said, Plant a forest of trees without form for those who will come later to experience. Plant a tree, a, a forest of trees without form for those who come later to experience. So there is a something to do, but it's a strange and dreamlike something to do. What is it for each of us to plant a forest of trees without form that others can see in their dream later? that will matter to others in the future. What kind of a legacy is that?
Okay. The whole thing? The whole? Yeah. Dayu said, I'm speaking a dream, but what can you see in this dream? Can you say something about what you understand? After a long pause, Furong said, Plant a forest of trees without form for those who come later to experience. Okay, sleep and dream difficulties. (laughs) Getting very concrete. Um, the first part of what I want to talk about is are sort of the, the, t- the technical aspects of this and there's a lot of sort of just technical advice about what to do if this situation or that situation um, the first one is that you don't remember your dreams because your sleep is too deep you're sleeping underneath dreams and you can't, you can't bring them back yeah you wish you had them <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um Okay, so a couple of tips about if you're sleeping too deeply. Put your awareness to your forehead as you're falling asleep. You can... You can yeah, yeah, put a white, a white bindu there, a white ball of light there. Also try higher pillows, lighter covers, more air and light in the room. If you don't remember your dreams because you're sleeping too lightly, you're sort of bouncing on the surface above your dreams, um, the Dalai Lama recommends directing your awareness to your genitals. Um, Same kind of thing where you put a, a sphere of light there. If your dreams aren't clear, you don't remember them clearly, they're kind of hazy or misty, as we've been talking about, then again, awareness to your throat. And it can be a red bindu there at your throat. That's if your dreams aren't clear. Yeah, if if your memory of them is hazy and incomplete. I suppose also if you're in the dream and things feel hazy and that you can't really grasp them. Um, if you if you wake up during a dream with that feeling of oh this is a dream and it catapults you right right out of out of dream into wake, then um, that's a problem of overexertion. So back off. <laughs> Just take it easy. You don't have to practice so hard. You don't have to push so hard on it. And um, you can also bring your attention down below your heart, so in, about into your solar plexus. And you can focus on a black bindu there and at the soles of your feet. So if you're waking up, if you're catapulting out of dreams, a black bindu below your heart and on the soles of your feet. If you suffer from insomnia, you can try putting a black bindu in the center of your heart. 
And the idea is that um, insomnia comes from overpowerful anticipation, um, either of what's going to happen while you're asleep or what the next day brings or, you know, whatever it is, that there's something, the anticipation is, is too strong. So the idea is, can you bring forward an anticipation without the force behind it? Can you take the charge off the anticipation and just let it be by itself? Okay, so that's the that's the technical stuff, <laughs> and then um, we get into the other question that people have been asking about, which is um, nightmares and troubling dreams, and when those kinds of difficulties arise. And as as I intimated earlier, the view about this is completely different, which is not a problem. In fact, full of possibility. Anytime you have that kind of dream, um, in the in the Chinese. Uh, tradition that we'll speak more about probably tomorrow at this point. Um, it, it, it's a sign of purification. It means there's something really ripe and ready to happen in your practice, and there's a purification that needs happening first. And we talked about in the Tibetan tradition, in contrast to that, the dakinis who come and can, will sometimes try to scare you out of your delusions. Um, and 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 so. The Mahayana is completely comfortable with images of dismemberment and death uh, and, and can see all of them as potentially positive. All of them can potentially be understood as purifications, as dismemberment of the sense of self, you know, the um, falling away or the ripping away of the sense of self. And I think of um, something Jung said. He said anything that, that arises up in our psyches that we suppress, that we try to push down back into, into the unconscious, will sort of squirt out and literalize and return to us as fate, is how he put it. Anything that we um, push down into the unconscious returns as fate. Which means if we don't deal with it at the energetic level, if, when we, if we don't deal with it when it arises as energy in our psyches, it will literalize, concretize, become material in the world and walk towards us to deal with that way. So from that perspective, which goes along really well to me with the Mahayana perspective, any time there's disturbing imagery, um, nightmare imagery, it's a chance to deal with something at the energetic level before it turns it into something uh, hard and unmalleable, something, something that, w- that we have to deal with in a whole other way. Um, there's there's a, also uh, s- some ideas in the Jungian tradition that I think are really helpful here, which is that dreams are never meant to serve or flatter the ego. The, the deep dreams, the dreams that have you know that aren't just the the kind of day residue karmic dreams, but the deeper dreams are never meant to flatter the ego. They're always meant to show where the problem is, you know, what needs working on 
to, their job is to provide disturbing information, especially if there's self-deception. And they never show up to tell us what we already consciously know. That's the Jungian view and is obviously very similar to what we've been talking about with the Mahayana view. Okay, so again, um, responses, solutions. One is um, simple deep breathing to breathe in purified air and breathe out the negative energy that's arisen because of the nightmare image. To go into meditation and to meditate on the emptiness of the nightmare. And then, as I mentioned um, last night, to um, actually flip things on their head so that if something is menacing to you, you say in the, in the, the Tibetan formulation, just as I want happiness, so this being wants happiness. May this being attain happiness. May this being come to possess happiness. are um, largely from the Tibetan perspective. From the koan perspective, what you would do is take anything like that and, and just do inquiry into it. You'd bring it up in your meditation and you would ask, what is this? What is this? And just follow wherever the inquiry led you. So as usual in the koan tradition, there's much less a sense of doing something about um, a problem as just kind of accompanying it and seeing what it has to say. Um, I brought in the the Dayu story where he you know he says so you know what do you understand, and someone replies plant it plant a forest of formless trees for other people to experience. So there is, there is a sense of, and we have the, the choice to, to live in the dream, to co-create the dream um, in the best way we can. And part of the empowering quality is that we are co-creating. We're not at the mercy of. And that to me is a huge difference. I mean, I think there's, there's a lot in in contemporary Western culture that wants us to believe we're just at the mercy of events. There's nothing we can do. Um, it's just too big. It's too complicated. It's too, you know, um, it's too all-pervasive. But, but to, to fundamentally understand that the world is a co-creation every moment by all of us means that there is, not only is there something we can do, but we have to do something. We have to do something because if we don't do anything, that's a co-creation as well. That's that's a co-creation in absence, in in um, not accepting our responsibility. I'd like to, I'd like to, I think, say 
two more things about that in the large dream of the world there are individual nightmares um, as well as other kinds of dreams Um, one is that to me the understanding of the interpermeation of all things is absolutely critical because without that without that interconnectedness which I you know I say interpermeation instead because interconnectedness feels too like there's joints you know but interpermeation is we're really in each other everything is really in everything else Um, I think without that I would find it very difficult to understand life because without that we're like you know you know when you rack up billiard balls you put them in that triangular rack and all the balls are just tight next to each other if we don't interpermeate that's what life is like we're just billiard balls racked up together you know and um, if if we do interpermeate then when things go really really wrong somewhere in the world that's not happening somewhere else to other people we're connected by direct lines to whatever that is that's happening to us so it's impossible to, to separate out in any way and also when awakening happens in whatever way it happens in the world that's also happening to all of us and I think without that sense that we are at that level one organism waking up together I would go mad you know Um, we don't by a long shot always get it right and we make horrible mistakes and we regress and we backslide and we try to blow up you know whatever's good because it causes us so much anxiety and all of that stuff happens but in general there is also this movement of waking up that isn't happening among, in some billiard balls and not others it's happening in, in the way that everything is connected to everything else and it's um, because life is dukkha because life is incomplete life in this world the nature of life in this world is incomplete we're probably never going to see the resolution of all of it we're probably going to always live with that incompleteness but that it is incomplete also means that there's always something we can do there's always a way we can contribute it's not done and it's never going to be done and our job is to do the best we can with um, furthering that, that, that common awakening Um, does that make sense? We should have the humility to live in the part we are given, you know, at a particular time, I think. Oh, it might piss us off. It might piss mm-hmm. us off. <laughs> yeah, and, and when, when there are nightmares of the kind we're talking about, um, I, I'm not, I don't think it's a failure even of the, of the metaphor of the dream I think it's a, a failure of, of the way it's held um, because what happens is instead 
mm, you, people are stepping out of the dream space of I really can't know, I really don't know, and therefore, you know, I will hold it lightly into I do know, and it's like this, and you're the demon. You know, we've literalized something. We've 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 made something that is metaphorical, concrete. And then we act as if that's real. So I don't think the problem is seeing things as a dream. I think the problem is seeing things as real. Mm-hmm. You know, in some in some absolute sense, that's right? Evil right. is really not knowing the dream. Yeah. 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 It's like it's like if you take if just I'm just this is just a random example off the top of my head. If you take jihad, which means an internal struggle, right, the internal spiritual struggle that we all do, and you literalize it and externalize it and project it, and it becomes a fight against infidels, right? This I mean that's the that's the dangerous movement. You've taken something that has a dreamlike quality and turned it into something quote real unquote and create all kinds of havoc as a result of that concretization. Sometimes if someone is hungry, the right thing to do is to feed them, right? I mean, it's really, really, really simple. Um, So we're not talking about the absence of that direct response, but it's interesting to also think of sitting in the imagination of what, what would work against the hunger. You know, in addition to, in addition to, in addition to, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Anything else about this? The practice we do is both um, much more difficult and much more. Um, open to possibility than, than many practices which will tell you exactly what to do, right? If you experience X, do Y. We don't do that. So we, if you experience X, stop, sit there, and wonder what to do because there isn't a prescription. But what happens with that is that you develop the capacity <laughs> to make the discrimination more and more and more, which doesn't mean that you always get it right, but you kind of learn to notice when you've gotten it wrong and then you pull back so, so we're not developing um, a, a firm grasp on the rules we're developing the capacity to, to discriminate differentiate and try different things so that's just feeling your way in the dark yeah So, so you, you're, you're dreaming along and you've got, you've got the thick, um, slow karmic dreams and you're just sort of getting sick of it, right? And so you, you, you have this feeling of, okay, enough already, I've had it, I'm going for natural clarity for a while. Um, and then, we, you know, then you ask yourself, is, is this a really good moment of Ellie's stop? <laughs> you know, just cut it out. Or am I, am I skipping over something? Am I trying to avoid something, right? Is there something in that thick karmic tangle I really don't want to deal with, okay? So, so, so always it's a question. And then you try one thing and you see how that feels and maybe it, it feels, oh yeah, boy, was that it and you got it. Or it doesn't feel right or you have qualms and so you go back and you try the other thing and you see what that feels like. And that's step by step in the dark.
Okay. These talks are made available through your donations to Cloud Dragon, the Joan Sutherland Dharma Works. To learn more about her teachings and to make a tax-deductible contribution, please visit our donate page at joansutherlanddharmaworks.org.